Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey everybody, let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean, huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. Uh, Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad, Troy. And with me, as always, is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the main event collector. He's the lieutenant logo to my general direction. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? You think if people took one look at us, they would think you were a general? I could be private stash, but, uh, you know, my rank got bumped up, so now I'm ma- I could be major stash. You might be... First recruit stash. How about I be major gun? No S, just one gun. Uh, no. Should I use? The, I don't know if I should say anything. I don't want to. I'm gonna save you some editing time. Let's just go. Good lord. I I want to say we've talked about WCW in 2000 before, 
Uh, but off the top, oh yeah, we covered uh, Sold Out 2000, that was episode 32, now in the archives. Starcade 2000, that was episode 30, now in the archives. Uh, and, uh, yeah, as far we've covered some ECW from 2000, WWE from 2000. Ah, uh, man, both of them were better than this. And yeah, I just said WWE ECW 2000. 2000. WWE 2000 was amazing, so. Yeah, it has uh, some really good stuff. Um, I mean, the, the show we covered in the archives was Royal Rumble 2000. That was very good. This was abysmal. I'm just going to say it right now. I'm just, spoiler alerts, bros. Um, abysmal is good, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Anyone but, see that episode of Friends? Or... <laughs> Joey was well, getting the review, and the guy said, uh, this, uh, this play was horrible, but it's only outdone by the abysmal performance of uh, Joey Tribbiani. He sells abysmal, yes! <laughs> good lord. Uh, well, any, everybody you out there. don't remember that one. Wow. Yeah, no, I forget that part. But yeah, everybody out there, this show, I just, I'm, I'm not going to hide the ball. We're not going to pretend. The show sucked. And uh, yeah, there's no other way to really uh, put it. It just, it was horrible. But we're going to make, we're going to have some fun with it. Trust me on that. Talking about WCW in 2000 is always fun. It was not fun to watch, but it was, it's fun to talk about. But I suppose we should take our first break. Real quick, we are sponsored by Fubo TV and Fanatics. We'll talk about them more in the break. If you go to the websites down in the podcast description, let them know that the main event marks and the Unhinged Sports Network sent you. And as always, if you are listening on the podcast feed, subscribe and please leave a five-star review like good old Uncle Dave on a Ric Flair match. Seven if you're listening in Japan. Right, and make sure you pop in that VPN so that uh, you know you can you can pretend like you're in Japan and leave that seven-star review uh, like a good old Kenny Omega match. And then if you're not listening, uh, or if you are listening on the podcast feed and you want to hear us live, go check us out on unhingedsn.airtime.pro. We play live at 8 p.m. Eastern every Wednesday. That's 5 p.m. Pacific. And then our replay is right afterwards at 9.30 Eastern and 6.30 Pacific. So we're going to take our first break. When we come back, it's news and notes from uh, the summer of 2000, which Greg was the original. Summer of Love. We'll be right back. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Get all the best podcast swag from the Main Event Marks. Our merch shop offers custom graphics, including the podcast logo on hats, shirts, masks, greeting cards, and more. There are tons of new designs with more dropping all the time. Just head on over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main event marks to grab your podcast merch today and become an official main event mark. That's redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main event marks. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks. 
Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we're back. Time to dive into the news and notes. This is the very last Great American Bash for anybody out there until WWE picked it up and killed people on live pay-per-view with it. But yeah. I was at Great American Bash 2007, and that was probably the only decent showing they had. Was that the one with the Rhodes Fair with uh, Dusty in it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lashley okay. versus Cena. That was like his last match before he left mm. the WWE. We'll have to review that someday. Maybe maybe next uh, maybe next year we can dive into it. But either way, first story here, man. There are still negotiations with SFX about buying into WCW. SFX requested detailed financial information, a three-year cash flow statement, and a list of all employees, contracts, <laughs> and pending legal issues. <laughs> what could go wrong with that cash flow one? <laughs> yeah, this just looks like. Um, Oh man, it, like what are they just gonna get a giant binder <laughs> under lock and key, and they're like, yeah, this um, don't look at it. You can pull five bucks out of your pocket and say this is what we made two thousand, and you'd have five dollars too much. Yeah, you'd have um a million dollars too much. But Turner execs say that. WCW isn't for sale, but other sources say that they are looking into ways to unload their financial burden on someone else while still keeping WCW on Turner Television. According to one year, one news story, WCW is projected to lose more than $61 million this year, and that's not even counting the, and that's not even counting the millions that Turner is losing on programming costs that they can't recoup due to declining ratings. Uh, that, that number's been heavily disputed, by the way. If you ever listen to Eric Bischoff's podcast, and if you read the Nitro book, uh, so I I don't know. Yeah, that is a lot of money for one year. I can't imagine it being that high. Right. Uh, SFX, by the way, I'm looking into it. Apparently, it's, if this is the same company, uh, it's called Live Style now. It's a Los Angeles-based live events conglomerate. Wow, that's a, a random ass. <laughs> A random-ass company trying to buy into WCW. Well, WCW was a random-ass company at the end, so... Yeah. Wow, that's uh, weird, man. But anyway, yeah, so more more issues. And, and like I said, you know, that part of the story where they said they're denying that WCW is for sale. I think this was around the time, like shortly after this, was when Bischoff said he, he offered to buy... WCW, I think it was at, uh, after he got fired, if I remember correctly, and he said they laughed at him. I was like, Haha, yeah, right. And then like a month later, they called him back. It was like, hey, were you um, were you serious? And he's like, yeah, I was. So, you know, we said, Haha, yeah, right. We thought you were like saying, oh, we were just basically telling you we didn't think you were serious. Yeah, it's like... Um, Not, I mean, we didn't want to keep it. Well... The thing that gets me is, like, they were dead set at the end on selling it to only Vince McMahon. They didn't give anybody else a chance because, uh, I mean, did you hear that one? I think it was one of the Monday Night Wars uh, things where Chris Jericho was saying after he found out how much Vince bought it for, he's like, crap, I could have bought it. Yeah, Hogan said it, too. Yeah. Apparently, 
I mean, Jeff Jarrett talked about uh, Jerry. Yeah. Jer- Jerry Jarrett was looking into it. So, but you have to realize too what they bought. They brought certain guys over to Raw and SmackDown. If somebody else yeah. would have bought it, those guys probably wouldn't have had jobs. Look at me on TV. So, certain guys, yeah. Uh, I know. No, I mean, they, like, where, where would any of them went to go work? Like, if they bought it, they weren't on TV. Where would all those guys have gone? Even if they got a deal, what's going to happen right away? So they would have been off TV for a long time. Well, the the cancellation of the TV, yeah, that was that was the the nail in the coffin because that was, I mean, Fusion Media and Eric Bischoff were set up to buy the company until they canceled Nitro and Thunder. This next story here out of uh, WCW Man. Lex Luger and Miss Elizabeth were both sent home from the Thunder taping, speaking of Thunder, for refusing to do angles that they were that was uh, planned for them. Luger was supposed to do a run-in on a match attacking Chuck Palumbo, but refused for whatever reason. As for Elizabeth, she was scheduled to face Kimberly at the pay-per-view, and she's been against it from the beginning because she's never trained to be a wrestler and doesn't want to be one. Others in the company agree that there's a lot of people, or, and there's a lot of people who feel that Elizabeth was treated unfairly for refusing to get physical when that's never what she signed up for. This was a thing with Russo. It's like, bro, everybody's got to wrestle, bro. And then he's also the same guy that said, nobody cares about wrestling, bro. Yeah. Like Oklahoma, you know, freaking Ed Ferrara can't just be a scriptwriter. Uh, Vince Russo can't just be the, the scriptwriter. They've got to wrestle. Eric Bischoff, I, well, Bischoff kind of did that to himself, so I can't blame that on Russo. But, you know, Stacey Keebler, Tori Wilson, just everybody's freaking Judy Bagwell, dude. Everybody's got to get physically involved. I don't think she ever got physically involved. She, she was a tag champion. Yeah, but she never got involved. I think she didn't, I don't think she ever wrestled, ever. Yeah, but that was kind of the pre... I don't know if you think about it, it's almost the precursor for um, Pac-Man Jones and TNA. Yep. The tag champ that never did a damn thing. Lance Storm was expected to start this week. How's that going to go, I wonder? <laughs> well, he he's going to win the S-H-I-T title. No, no, he turns it into that. Well, yeah, but I mean, he's still going to win it. Yeah, if anybody doesn't get what we're talking about, Lance Storm had a phenomenal run in WCW, and he was actually one of the highlights of this last year of the company's existence. One month, he held three different titles. Insane. I'm pretty sure he challenged for every title in the company within that month, too, because he did wrestle Booker T on an episode Nitro for the title, so... Right, yeah. Yeah, so, because he was a U.S. champ that he turned into the Canadian title, uh... What was the other one? He, I know the it was, the, part... it was the, the cruiserweight, and he turned it into the under five kilo, whatever the hell it is for two hundred five. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought it was. I thought I thought he turned it into something like the British Commonwealth, like welterweight type or something. Yeah, well, I mean, but he meant he started going with the kilos for the weight. Is what I'm saying. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> and then Which the hardcore. I, hell, but I didn't know kilos the... was a thing in Canada, by the way. But yeah, we're the only we're the only country that uses pounds. So anything out of the U.S., yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah, it's kind of funny. But, um, yeah, and then the hardcore title was the Saskatchewan Hardcore International title, right? Yep. The S-H-I-T. Because that is brilliant. Yep. I, I will say, so it's a tad clever, but super immature and stupid as hell. Superhero in training, dude. They rebirthed that thing a couple yep. years later. I have a toy. I have a Jax figure of him. Of course you do. And he's actually wearing the the uh, sweatshirt that he wrote that in Sharpie on. 
<laughs> oh, man. So here's one I didn't expect to uh, see pop up around this time, but Christopher Daniels is finally expected to work his first WCW show since signing with the company at the next Worldwide tapings. I'm trying to remember if I ever saw him in WCW ever. Yeah. I barely remember seeing AJ Styles for, like, the cup of coffee he had. Yeah, I know. Where, he, where they made him wear a flight suit. Yep. Yeah, that was just, that was phenomenal. <laughs> you just gotta pay the dues, right? Yep. And I just love how he, they teamed him up with Air Paris, who went absolutely nowhere. Yeah, because everybody looked at AJ Styles and knew he was going somewhere. Yeah, why? That's... They're like, ah, put the skinny runt with the other skinny runt, make them wear flight suits. <laughs> Weren't they Air Raid? I think so. Yeah, because there's Air Paris and Air Styles. Air Raid. Like, ooh. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, La Parca is gone from WCW. There was... Oh, no! It's the chairman, dude. How do you how do you fire the chairman? Exactly. That's what I'm wondering. This is why Sean Spears will have a job forever. Exactly. You can't just fire the chairman and get away with it. All right? It's okay. Laparca will be back in Mexico pissing off promoters before you know it. <laughs> Parents Television Council Honorary Chairman and Director, or excuse me, Chairman and Actor Steve Allen, along with the PTC board member, C. Dolores Tucker spoke at the MCI shareholders meeting and demanded that the company pull advertisement for SmackDown. The PTC has been pressuring MCI for months, but MCI has resisted. Allen spoke about four children who had been killed mimicking wrestling moves and gave MCI one week to pull the ads from SmackDown or the PTC would organize a national campaign against them. Oh, no. PTC. Not a national. I wonder what they're going to do with that in wrestling. Well, Greg, not a national campaign. That will ruin mean them. something. That's, yeah. That's like right. along the lines of, you know, getting a... a, a uh, Tersely worded letter. <laughs> that's not what I'm looking for. Uh, a petition. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, like, well, you know, when we sign a petition, that then then people have to listen, right? I mean, that's yeah. the way it works. You can't you just, just... have a petition yeah. without a meeting someone. Right. I mean, the Impractical Jokers haven't proved that those things are jokes multiple times. I mean, come on. I mean, I totally would have signed that petition against that bitch, Irene. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, but yeah, the PTC claims more than... 30... episode, if anyone's ever seen it. It's on there. It's hilarious. <laughs> the PTC claims that more than 35 companies have pulled out of advertisement on WWF programming. It turns out that this was not true at all, and they listed several companies that had not pulled out and several others who were never sponsors to begin with. That was a major part of a defamation lawsuit the WWF later filed against them. <laughs> well, um, I wonder if the Parent Television Council is still a thing. Well, the RTC isn't, so... Yeah, I know, unfortunately. I like how all of that was just a... A, a, just a giant rib. It worked. It did. Well, the PTC uh, apparently morphed into the Parent Television and Media Council, so they expanded to all media. So what? They shut down Howard Stern too? Yeah. Well, you know, we saw how well that that went. Hey, Billy Ray Cyrus was a part of it. Okay. Was he really? Yeah, I'm. I'm not even kidding. I'm looking at their their it's... key 
their key Very people. I- ironic that he if he was on it. Yeah. What's that word again? Ironic, because uh, I'm not judging, but man, his daughter's kind of a free spirit. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're being like, man, that's the nicest thing anybody's ever said about that woman. Um, tr- <laughs> In 2004, the FCC revealed that Parents Television and Media Council as the primary source of most content complaints received. Go figure. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's pathetic. Well, you know, you got to complain about something, I guess. All right. Well, That's back when complaints were the offended. Now everything's right. offensive, so. Exactly. Uh, where offense means nothing and the complaints don't matter. All right. Variety Magazine is reporting that The Rock is in serious negotiations to star in two major movies that would net him nearly $5 million each. Man, that's like kids' money to him now. Oh, that's going to go. I think he gives $5 million each to his kids for just uh, mowing the lawn or something. (laughs) But it was reported that he's negotiating to star in an untitled big-budget sci-fi movie produced by Joe Roth and directed by Glenn Morgan and James Wong. This one never actually happens. He's also in talks to play the Scorpion King in a prequel movie to The Mummy 2, where he has a small part playing the same role. Well, I mean, that does happen, but he doesn't have a small part. He's literally the star of the movie. The Mummy 2? No, uh, the Scorpion King movie. I think he was in Mummy 2 for like eight seconds. Yeah. And that's including the (laughs) computer-generated version of him. Uh, But yeah, no, he was in... I mean, he was literally the star of the scorpion king and then they went on to make like five thousand of them because they found out that they can uh do you know they replaced the rock and they found out they can do like uh like b-movie versions of it but apparently universal studios was so impressed by his performance in the mummy 2 i'll get to that in a minute that they went to develop a scorpion king spinoff for him to play the lead role okay what about his perform his eight seconds of screen time in the mummy 2 impressed universal um, <laughs> his pecs, his his face, I guess. I mean, because that's all you saw in that last part. Yeah, like what 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 it, what was impressive about it? My God, let's just look at Ooh, it. They made the right call. Well, yeah, I mean, like, kudos to them for seeing talent, but like, they're like, my gosh, that eight seconds he just commanded the screen. <laughs> Brendan Fraser meant nothing. <laughs> Where is he now, Greg? Still waiting on Sino Man too, by the way. Yeah, uh, still waiting on that one. Hey, anything that gets Polly Shore more money, I'm all for it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean Astin's got that Lord of the Rings money, so he's probably set. So. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Let's see. NCAA heavyweight wrestling champion Brock Lesnar. Excuse me, <clears throat> Brock Lesnar. Has not, has not yet signed his WWF contract, but word is that both sides have verbally agreed to most parts of, of the deal. Lesnar was also being pursued by WCW and New Japan Pro Wrestling as well, but it looks like he's going with the WWF. Hmm. He probably made the right decision. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, there's that WCW money waiting for him. <laughs> what, 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 what did WCW offer him? Like, uh, I didn't even know that was ever a thing. Yeah, I guess they were because he debuts in WrestleMania 18. WCW's long gone for over a year by then, so. Yeah, but you got to think he was in developmental for a couple of years before that. So, 
so what did what, what, what WCW offer him? A handful of Slim Jims? Like, come on. What, what, what money did they have to sign him with? Well, Give me a break. He rolled Russo. Well, you know, they would have signed him, Greg, if they would have just sent Johnny Ace down to talk to him. Hey, Brock, uh, I'll oil your pecs for you every day. <laughs> uh, Bruce has totally ruined him for everybody. <laughs> uh, I think he ruined himself, but Bruce just kind of like crapped on the corpse. <laughs> there should be a lot of XFL announcements in the next few weeks regarding the team names, stadiums, etc. I wonder how that's going to go. Yeah, I mean, we're about to get the third version of it very soon here, too. Let's just think about that. Have they made any announcements like regarding that? No, that's my knowledge. The Rock owns it, right? Or he's like part owner? I think so, yeah. Yeah. That part I find hilarious, but... Well, Vince McMahon couldn't make it work, so call in The Rock. Uh, so we get will... the San Francisco Demons back. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, anyway, any uh, after more issues with him last week, Davy Boy Smith was taken off the active roster and sent back to Calgary for rehab. Excuse me, for rehab. Uh, Uncle Dave says that Smith is dealing with a lot of personal issues, not just drugs. He will be back in August, I want to say. When is it that he actually passed away? 2003? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always forgot exactly when it was he, he died. Uh, 2002, May of 2002. Yeah, he was only 39, man. He hadn't even turned 40 yet. That's sad. I, I don't really remember much of his his last OWF run, but um, anybody... He came in wearing the jeans. And I, I do remember and that. He uh, pay-per-view. It's uh, Unforgiven, I believe. For the oh, really? title, so. Wow. Paul Bearer is expected to be repackaged and taken away from Undertaker and Kane. He may come back in a different managerial role, like his old Percy Pringle character, and may even use that name. Don't that think that happen. ever happened. <laughs> no. Uh, I, was he just written off TV completely at this point? I don't remember what happened to him in 2000. I know yeah. he was back in early 2000 to, to be with Kane. Yeah. Yeah, I think he just kind of disappeared at one point, and then it's like, what the hell happened to, to Paul Bearer? Yeah, I don't know. He got more callbacks than the freaking Rhino. The <laughs> Rhino. Uh, I actually made reference to that on the uh, upcoming episode of my, or, or, well, I guess it already, as of this time, already posted, but uh, my retro wrestling review show on Mondays, uh, I covered Dynamite Kid versus Bret Hart, and when Jim Neidhart ran in, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> the Rhino was getting a run in. I was like, oh, well, there he is. There's the rhino beating up on dynamite. Uh, you know, you got a spot for him. He's doing pretty good. Eh? <laughs> Why don't you come on down to the basement? I'll show you a few holes. Eh? But anyway, oh. the, the last the last part of the story is the is the clincher. OK, so so wait for it. Clincher, huh? Like, yeah. yes. OK. All right. <laughs> I'm just but trying to prepare myself. <laughs> on the Billboard video charts, which is today years old when I knew that was a thing, uh, the Insane Clown Posse's JCW Wrestling video debuted at number five, which is crazy considering not even WCW has ever had a video that charted that high. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm just going to say a bunch of people were drunk and went to Sam Goody and bought or something. 
dude, it's clowns and it's wrestling, bro. And it's not championship wrestling, bro. It's championship wrestling. Yeah. I'm not I'm not joking, people. That's what they call the company. Juggalo Championship Wrestling. Because ha 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 poop jokes. <laughs> oh man. Alright. Well, I'm bringing it back, by the way. I think I brought it back on this past episode that we did, but I gotta bring it back again. Here we go. <clears throat> this week in ECW. If I may have another volley. <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Uh, this is July. June. <laughs> uh, oh, June, sorry. June, whatever. Uh, RVD just broke his leg, I think. Are we get into that? Uh, or has that not happened I, yet? I thought he already... I thought he recovered from it. Oh, am I wrong? Because we recently I covered a show where he like, returned. It's like it happened... No, I think uh, he just returned. Because we, we just covered a story... Um, I feel uh, like about, he loses the title in 2000, so... He did... He, uh... What do we cover? Hard, no, hard, yeah, hardcore heaven, no. Living date, no. I don't know. We covered a couple. Living dangerous was always the March one, so uh, that would be the yeah. one we just did. I would assume. Uh maybe it was a 2001 show that we covered. I, I literally I, only one 2001 ECW show. Yeah. Okay. So when, okay. what the hell one was it? It was the one where, because remember we just covered it, uh, where Scotty Anton turned on him. Yeah. I I don't know which one that was. I'm getting them all confused. God dang it. Either way, now in the archives, one of them damn ECW shows. So the last ECW show we just covered. Okay. Yeah, right. Uh, but Sandman and was I'm pretty... I'm sorry, out- by the way. You can go back and listen to that, folks. But whatever. Hey, we made it entertaining. Anyway. Watch uh, the code. Sandman was pretty out of control at an ECW show, house show this week. I know you got to sit down for this one. This is uh, news? He he came out to the ring, clearly in no condition to be there, and began cutting a slurring, mumbling promo while falling all over himself, barely able to stand. No! I I know. It knocked me over with a feather. I was shocked, too. Okay? surprise of the century. (laughs) Then he said something about Raven being miserable because he'd been sober for 34 days. Uh, Whatever that meant. (laughs) Raven had been sober? Yeah. I, which so I also find hard to believe. He's implying that if someone's sober, they're miserable. Like, you have to have all this in your body to be a happy person. That's, that's a lovely message. My insinuation was he was he was saying, oh, he's miserable because he's coming down off it. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I, I guess I've, it could be that, too. I've, I've, seen, I've seen people even coming, you know, alcohol, you don't have convulsions, you know, like, um, uh, what, what, what's, what's the word? Not convulsions. Yeah, withdrawals. Yeah, you don't have withdrawal from alcohol. But, you know, if somebody's used to being drunk all the time and then they are sober, they get a little cranky after. Either way, uh, then he decided to start taking off his clothes, and Tommy Dreamer had to frantically cover him up because he was literally pulling out his kendo stick in front of the entire crowd. Oh, my God. Kendo stick in air quotes, by the way. Um, Talking about his Johnson. Uh, you ever use the kendo stick to jerk off at one night stand? <sighs> yeah. Then he went after Jazz and tried to pull her into the ring against her will. The whole thing was described as uncomfortable and embarrassing. Paul Heyman said afterwards that Sandman would be suspended uh, for a couple of weeks and heavily fined. 
I don't know if you find him, but he was off TV for about. What's he gonna do? Not give him his check as an bounce? Yeah, it's like, hey, you go home. I'm not paying you for a couple of weeks. It's like, what's changed? Well, this time you don't get a paper check. <laughs> this time I'm not gonna try. Well, I'm not gonna <laughs> pretend. Yeah, you know that IOU that I send you every week in the mail? Well, you're not getting one. <laughs> I you don't owe you nothing. Seen the Water Boy when he's like the, uh, Henry Winkler's making the play. Yeah. He's like, it's like he, he's like he fake. To the left. No, he fakes to the right. He thinks about fake. He pretends to fake. I just think about that with Paul Heyman. He <laughs> thinks about paying them. He pretends to pay them. <laughs> if I have, if I may have another volley, sir, I will not send you a check that shall bounce. Instead, I shall send you an envelope full of pocket lint. It's probably worth more than check, anyways. Uh, to further on with the ECW stuff here, on the most recent oh, episode, oh cool, because I wasn't done. <laughs> on the most recent episode of ECW on TNN. Joel Gertner cut a promo where he made a comment about TNN paying Vince McMahon $100 million. Was that the promo you always reference where you're like, as if he needs it? No, that's a Paul Heyman promo. Oh, okay. Yeah, so apparently Gertner did it too. Uh, Gertner's comment was edited out, and during a Paul Heyman rant, the audio was muted, and a scroll went across the bottom of the screen saying, quote, Please ignore this gentleman's temper tantrum. Could it be that he'd been put through too many tables? End quote. Maybe. Wow. It's clever. <laughs> uh, later on during the show, they aired another crawl along the bottom saying, quote, TNN harbors no ill feelings on ECW, and another saying, TNN fully supports ECW and all its redeeming qualities, end quote. That's loose. <laughs> yeah, uh, what redeeming qualities would those be? Well, I still have RVD. Sure. Because um, the Dudleys and Taz were already gone, I believe. So I don't know. <laughs> I had never heard of a company or like a TV station editing a program to mock the program. What well, the hell? Well, to be fair, ECW was a program was a wrestling company mocking wrestling company. So, good lord, what fits. I was what I was going to say, not quite so offensively, was to be fair, ECW was crapping on the TV station that was airing their program, <laughs> but. I don't know, man. That's that's a lot. I don't uh, understand like why TNA would even sign them and then do all this. I mean, I can you know I make jokes, but I can see Paul Heyman's frustration. But like, why did you even put them on TV? Because they wanted a wrestling company and they couldn't get Raw, so they so they, they put that on whatever they could get. They put that on to what make Vince jealous? They put that on just because they thought wrestling was a hot commodity at the time, which, which it was, but. Like, uh, had you seen ECW before airing it? Because, uh, I don't know, man. All right, well, that does it for the news and notes. We're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're going to dive into uh, Great American Bash 2000. I'm going to try not to sound so excited. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. Right. We shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go new. way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah. Yeah. Well. 
What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. WCW Great American Bash 2000, the final Great American Bash in WCW's history, took place. Should June we apologize up front for doing this to people? Hey, if you guys search for this or if you subscribe, you know what you're getting. Okay, so d- don't don't even at me. All right. And if but, you subscribe, well, thank you. But yeah. Yeah, and we'll, we'll make it entertaining. So, you know, just just plug in. So this took place June 11th, 2000. The tagline, A Battle of Heroic Proportions. <laughs> I felt like watching this uh, was a battle of heroic proportions. I I hadn't watched this since it aired, I believe. <laughs> no, and lucky I'm you. kind of pissed off at you for making me do this, but whatever. So, so did you watch this crap live? Uh, yeah, I think I watched every pay-per-view in 2000 live because of the old... Uh, Special limitations, the old scrambler. So, <laughs> the old scrambler box. Oh yeah. Hey, I didn't have it. My buddy did. So that for me, to be fair. Yeah. It, hey, I didn't hey. Yeah, I just watched it. Okay. Yeah, I exactly. didn't. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't actually do it. All right. Like, come on now. Yeah, I got, got some uh, scruples. <laughs> right. The venue. I know. Shocker. Shocker. It took place at the Baltimore Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. The attendance was seven thousand thirty-one. Uh, I mean, I don't know how big that is. Can we just give them some respect for drawing 7,000 fans in this era? Yeah. I'm not sure uh, the the capacity of that arena, to be honest with you. I guess it's now the Royal Farms Arena. So Was that like an insurance company or something? I'm going to say yes. Uh, but it, it, it can hold it can hold between eleven to 12,000 people. So they got a little over half. So. That's a win, if you ask me. Yeah. Especially for this time period. And you see, you know, not again, I know we're getting way ahead. Well, not way ahead now, but you see this show. You got 7,000 for this show. Yeah. Yeah, not just only a broken record. That's a win. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute. We sold over 50% of the tickets? Like, I, 
I don't care if it was slightly over or not, like over 50%, cool. <laughs> uh, put them all on hard cam. Uh, pay-per-view buy rate was 0.19, which amounted to 85,000 buys. Man, they screwed 85,000 people out of their money. That's about how many people still buy WWE pay-per-views today, even with Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> That's pathetic. Oh, gosh. Quickly, before we get into the show, what, do you remember any of your live reactions to, the, like... <laughs> I believe I do. We'll get into those, yes. Okay. I was going to say, at the end of this, where you like, look, I didn't pay for this, but um, I want my money back. <laughs> <laughs> I but don't we... think so. I think when I was this at this age, I just loved wrestling so much, even the crappy stuff I liked. But Yeah. <laughs> well, we start the hype by showing Goldberg had returned Nitro two weeks ago to Spear and Jackhammer Rick Steiner before helping and hugging Kevin Nash. The next week, Goldberg took on Tink Abbott before being jumped by Rick Steiner with a chair. Nash helped Goldberg, and Goldberg beat Tank with a jackhammer. On Thunder, Goldberg fended off a bunch of guys before beating up security. Now, at the show, we see outside of the arena is being guarded by a bunch of cops. Okay, so the whole thing with Tank Abbott, too, they were building that up for a long time. And I feel yeah. like this payoff just it's like, wow, that was it? All that for that? Yeah. I, wasn't he calling himself Tankberg at one point? He came out of Goldberg's mm-hmm. music. Yep. Yeah. He was calling him out, and like the whole thing was because he knew he was hurt, and Shivani pointed that out every week, and you know, it made some sense, okay. But then yeah. this match just, just happens. Not on pay-per-view or anything. <laughs> Not that I'm saying it should have been on pay-per-view because it was so great. I'm just saying they built it up like you know it should have been on pay-per-view because of the well, build. But the Misfits in action come out. And General Huge Erection, or yeah, General Huge Erection. Real name. Does a roll call. Lieutenant Loco, who's Chavo Guerrero, by the way, says he's got a surprise for the Disco Inferno, and he pulls out a damn grenade before Erection takes it away, and he clarifies it's only a toy. He's got, <laughs> he's got to point that out. And then my first note on that was, did Sanders and Practices get a hold of this or something? They had to have. That's my only thought. Because, and then right after, Loco says that he will indeed kill the Disco Inferno. Uh, yeah, so there's that. <sighs> I don't next... remember why they were going after Disco Inferno, but I just remember uh, that like the running gag was everybody hated Disco and WCW. Remember that? Yeah, well, they kept pointing out during this match when he's with the filthy animals, they're like, one of these things doesn't fit, and it's Disco. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay... Because he's white? I don't... No, he's just I mean, he's which... stupid. He kind of, like, put himself in it, and uh, he was telling Viscera, so I don't want to do this, and he goes, what do you want to do? He goes, I want to be with my friends, and then he just shows up with the animals, and he's holding, like, a... Uh, what's he got, like, a two-by... No, not two-by-four. What's that thing uh, you use for your tire when you're on a flat? Oh, ty- like a tire iron? Yeah, a tire. Like, I can help. Like, yeah, so <laughs> that's what he showed up with. And, like, that was the whole thing. Like, he wore a New York jersey, so he looked like a filthy animal. That's what he wanted to do. Okay, then. Well, <laughs> this next match is, or this first match, is Lieutenant Loco with General Huge Erection, uh, Corporal Cajun, who is Lash LaRue, Major Stash, who is uh, Van Hammer, and Major Guns. They're all in his corner. He's defending the Cruiserweight title against Disco, with Conan, Rey Mysterio Jr., Juventud Guerrera, and Tigris in his corner with the filthy animals. 
Okay, real check. quick, I'm blank. I'm blanking. Was he using Disco with a Q here? Forgot to look. See, when uh, they kept calling him Disco Inferno, but when you look up like the actual like the official match online, they label him as Disco with a Q. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm confused. <sighs> but that's anyway. gonna be a theme for this night, by the way. Yeah, and for those of you that don't get the reference, he was ripping off Cisco, who did that. If anybody's ever heard the Thong song. So, this match went about five minutes. Brought that up. That's the only thing he's known for. Nobody can name another one of his songs. Uh, I think he was part of that uh, group Drew Hill, right? Or was he Drew Hill? Or... Probably. I am not familiar with my Cisco history. <sighs> but anyway, Disco is wearing a Kobe Bryant jersey, Lakers jersey with matching shorts. You know, because that makes sense. Uh, general... I got it like that. What? That's what he used to say. That was his uh, his that was his uh, signature. Mother you know, of God. I'm disco, and I got it like that. <laughs> okay. I wish I was making this up. <laughs> but anyway, uh, okay, you'll have to correct me. Was it General Rection's father or grandfather? That old man. Yeah. I believe that was his grandfather. Okay. So General I don't think Rection it was his shoot grandfather. No, I highly sure doubt that's that. That's what you're asking, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I just couldn't remember, uh, like, what relation he allegedly was. But General Rection's grandfather, a.k.a. Pops, uh, comes to the ring dressed like a World War II general, for some reason, to hit on Tigress. I think he's legit nuts, by the way. Uh, can I say that? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Well, we'll talk more about Pops here in a minute. But uh, he gets shoved by Tigress, has a heart attack, and he collapses. Yes, those words left in my mouth. Uh, inside the ring bro he's gonna die bro then his grandson's gonna be upset bro and he's gonna be gone forever bro Uh, inside the ring (laughs) inside the ring Hoovy lays out Chavo but Chavo gets up before Hoovy hits the Hoovy elbow real name yeah you wanna tell them why because he's ripping off the rock and he's calling himself the juice, and talks about if you smell what the juice is cooking, and all this crap. Because, you know, Russo had to rip off literally everything he did in the WWE. Well, yeah, he didn't rip off anything because he created the rock number. He said that. Oh, well, yeah, right. Disco hits the last dance on Chavo, <laughs> uh, but and then Corporal Cajun lays out Disco with a Russian leg sweep and drags Chavo on top of him for the three. While all of this is going on, referee Slick Johnson has to pretend not to see any of that crap going on behind his back, by the way. And I guess I gotta point out, once again, real name, they called him Slick Johnson. Yeah, good old Slick Johnson, baby. He's he's, he's dolphin smooth. Bro, he's named but, after our <laughs> penis, bro. <laughs> bro, talk about your wiener, bro. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, Uncle Dave and I both gave this one star. What's a you? I gave it one, but I just, I did Sorry, laugh. It's just, I did laugh. I'm like, wow, this is really happening. Now you asked about my reactions when they first happened. I don't even remember who I was cheering for in this match. <laughs> who could you cheer for in this match? I think, ironically, I liked Disco at some point. I always liked Disco as a kid. Don't ask me why, but I just, like, he was a mid-carter. Nobody really gave a damn about him. As a kid, I loved him. I really did. Like, whenever I tuned into Nitro and he was on... I would get, I would be like, oh hell yeah, Disco Inferno. The thing, 
here's the thing too, man. Go back and watch like his entrances, man. Every fan is dancing. Yeah, they're on their feet. I don't care if it's ironically or whatever. It's, it's a freaking reaction still. So yeah, it's kind of like oh. uh, what what they did with Fandango years later. Anyway, uh, the thing about Pops, before we get into the afterbirth here... Because uh, there I, is I re- one. I remember there was a... Before this, at one point, just out of freaking nowhere, during a general erection match, he this old man comes out in in wearing nothing but a hospital gown, and he just... And, and for some reason, erection just, like, stops in the middle of the ring. He's like, Pops, what are you doing here? And it's like, it's like who the hell is Pops? <laughs> but yeah, so... <laughs> He's back. So, yeah, back by popular demand. Thank man. God, because we missed him. <laughs> right, yeah. All right. Uh, but anyway, getting back to this show, everything breaks down and everyone fights in the ring before the filthy animals take off. General Rection begs Major Guns to give Pops mouth to mouth because, you know, that always revives someone who's had a heart attack. Old man's going to get tongue, bro. <laughs> While this old man is supposedly laying there dying... Guns takes time to rip off her shirt and dance. <laughs> and then she finally and then she finally gives a mouth to mouth, you know, like you do. After a while, he pulls Will a give her credit for doing this though. She looks yeah. like an eighty year old man for crying out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, well, she had to pay for her... Oh, never mind. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I after, say... after a while, Pops pulls a squints on Wendy Peppercorn. <laughs> <laughs> and then the MIA takes Pops away. How did I miss that reference? You should have that written down right here. I'm pissed on myself now. <laughs> and if you don't get that reference, by the way, shame on you. Just look it up. If, if Bro, if you don't get that reference, she's too young for you, bro. <laughs> All right, anyway, backstage in Eric Bischoff's office, the Bish is being reassured by Ernest the Cat Miller and the police that no one will spoil his surprise for Kevin Nash tonight. Bischoff and the Cat then kick back and drink tea like real damn men. Yeah, just just across the pond, and they'd be real men. Yeah, pinky up, okay? The higher the pinky, the more sophisticated you are. (sighs) I have another thing for this whole show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I have three, because it was a three-finger stinker. But we now go Not to... Not even Mean a five-finger discount saved this. Boom, we can do this all night. Let's go. Okay. Uh, we now go to Mean Gene Okerlund standing by with Johnny the Bull Stamboli, who would go on to become Relic, which, of course, is killer spelled backwards. Well, well of course. Uh... Yeah, and, <laughs> and, uh, and Big Vito, he is not quite wearing a dress yet, but he is wearing something equally embarrassing. The WCW Hardcore title. How dare you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, Gene calls him the Mamelukes, and then Vito shouts at him, saying, It's Paisan! Okay, I've always wondered, even to this day, is that really offensive? No. It's, Mamaluke is an effing name. It was Tony, it's Tony Mamaluke's last name. I don't get why, like, what? I, like, this whole thing. What? How is it funny? How is it offensive? I just, uh, whatever. He's just Italian, right? Maybe just, I don't know. He's also an idiot. So I'm not going to deny that. I'm just trying to figure <laughs> out where he got this from. His ass. Uh, so while... I'm swap one of his ideas. <laughs> while these two are talking about beating up Chronic later tonight, Vito reminds us that he's a hardcore champion. Gene says, so you're the hardcore champion and not Johnny the Bull? And then Vito quickly rushes him away. 
Oh, man. Yeah, I forgot about this. And they're sharing the belt. Because they oh. both won it. Yeah. Uh, weird uh, stork. Norman Smiley. For God's sake. Oh, man. This next match is the Mamelukes of Big Vito and Johnny the Bull Stamboli taking on Chronic, which was Brian Clark and Brian Adams. It went just shy of nine and a half minutes. Chronic jump starts this Chronic one. Chronic with a K, by the way. Uh, point that out. <laughs> uh, Chronic jump starts this one. And the Mamelukes bail out of the ring. Vito is wearing an orange county jail tank top and wrestles in the hardcore title. Like he just leaves it on like he's Chris Jericho. It's almost like a metaphor for something, but no. <laughs> like, when Chris Jericho did it, it was funny. This is just like, what are you doing? Uh, but Adams... Letting everybody a... know it's laundry day, that's all he's got left? Wow. Brian Adams, by the way, my, you know, my, my good old cousin Brian, you know, God rest his soul. I don't. But, uh, but uh, he hits a version. I was an underrated wrestler, by the way. I just gotta say that. I was always a fan of Crush. I just, I mean, not so much as an adult. I can see, you know, he's like, eh. but yeah, he was, he wasn't bad by any means. But Adams hits a version of the F5 on Vito and damn near breaks Vito's neck. Did you see that? I did, and I just thought about that. Wow, this is not a good time for that man, for that team, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. In the end, Vito ignores Johnny to polish his hardcore title. That is not a euphemism. He's actually doing that. Uh, and then, Oh, that reminds me. i got to do something when we're done recording. Good Lord. And then Chronic hits the high times on Johnny for the win. Uncle Dave gave it a star. I gave it a star and a half. What say you? I gave it two. I didn't hate this that much. It was goofy. Mm, uh, stupid, but I don't know. I was entertained. As, as a, as a wrestling <laughs> fan, as a television viewer... I was entertained by that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> he beat me to it. Oh, man. This, um, it wasn't great. I'll say that. I mean, you also have to, I mean, I know, I'm, I, don't, I don't like doing this either because, you know, I mean, some I've already seen multiple times, but when you factor in what we're about to see, this match wasn't so bad. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, that, uh, this, by the way, I think was, like, the only match of the entire night that didn't have some stupid, goofy stipulation. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that's, uh, pathetic right there, man. I guess technically the first match didn't. Bro, nobody wants so. to see a one-on-one match, bro. No, it didn't, but it had some old dude, you know, scoring his, uh, uh, third base with some... So, I mean, it was that. I mean, it, yeah, it had a bunch of goofy run-ins or whatever, and this match was goofy, but it didn't have any run-ins, and it didn't have any, uh, uh, like, goofy stipulations. This was the only match of the night like that. Dare I ask if you want to revise your rating then? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to leave it at a star and a half because it's still wasn't great. But, yeah, that was just keep that in mind, people. The rest of this card, you're in for a bumpy ride. Uh, Again, putting it lightly, but okay. <laughs> backstage, Pamela Paul Shock standing by with Diamond Dallas Page. She is absolutely awful. She's just... Do you think they hired her for her talking skills? Yeah. She's... A, a, and you're not going to get this reference, but people out there, to quote John Ralphio from uh, Parks and Recreation, she's the worst. She's the worst in the world. DDP calls her a bimbo. He makes sure to let us know that Mike Awesome is being called the career killer at this point. He puts down Kimberly for turning her back on him, and then he brings back his good God from his manager days. <sighs> I was sh- I was on the fence about like this something here. I'm like, why is he calling her a bimbo? I thought he was the face. Because everybody on the show calls her something insulting. I don't know. Wait till we get to the Russo promo later, dude. I just... I, I, 
Uh, anyway, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, yeah, so don't this... get ahead, because there's so much good stuff to go. Well, this next match is an ambulance match. The EMTs in the back of the ambulance being brought into the arena. Can you tell me who those guys were? Oh, should I know? I must have missed it. Cassidy Riley and James Storm. Hmm. I would have said Cody Rhodes first because I've seen him on multiple shows as things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but no. Uh, I'm, I no... probably would have caught James Storm. I don't think I would have got Cassidy Riley, if I'm being honest. Yeah, he. I, I don't know why. I just like I, I think it's because I recently watched a show with him on it, and I was like, ah, huh. if nobody knows who Cassidy Riley is, go back and check out uh, Google search for him. He was in TNA in the early years. Uh, at one point, he was a disciple of Raven. So there's that. This is uh, the career killer, Mike Awesome versus Diamond Dallas Page in an ambulance match. Uh, went nine minutes, 41 seconds. Okay, pause for uh, night for... Did you realize his name's the career killer and he kills his own career by going to WCW? <laughs> Anybody else see the irony in that? Uh, I mean, uh, they did. Well, I don't know. I mean, we can talk about how goofy, like, the, you know, some of the crap is that he did. However, he got a lot of TV time. I'm not saying yeah, he was on TV. I'm saying this killed his career. You could do both. And he got a gig in the WWF after this crap-ass company shut down. So, you know, who's really laughing in the end? Still me. <laughs> yeah, you can't not I help but like laugh. Make, I, don't, I don't like making fun of him. And I like Mike Awesome, by the way. And it's worth noting. I'm not like sitting your crap on him because I didn't like him. I liked him. I thought they ruined him. But... Yeah, well, they made him the fat chick thriller in that 70s guy. Come on. See, now, I hadn't watched that 70s show when it first aired. I only discovered it in syndication. So, so you didn't get it? I did not, no. <laughs> nice. <sighs> well, anyway, DDP wheels out Canyon, who's in a halo and in a wheelchair. Uh, for anybody who doesn't remember, I think it was, was it Slamboree he got chucked off the cage? It was May, so... So, yeah, yes. Slamboree. Yeah, it was a triple cage. Uh, he got chucked off the ca- the triple cage by, by Mike Awesome. Canyon, that is. Pronouns, pal. God hey, damn where it. was that, by the way? It was in the Kemper Arena in uh, Kansas City, which is the arena that Owen Hart fell and died in. So, uh, people be- wonder, you know, stuff like that. You know, that's a you have a trip. Now I, I see why Cornette hates his guts. Russo, pronouns, pal. <laughs> I honestly didn't put two and two together with that, but I can see why people thought it was in bat in poor taste and i'm not saying i disagree with it i'm just saying i didn't like that's not where my mind went when i saw it so uh but yeah oh so, yeah same same but yeah but mike awesome chucked uh chris canyon off the top of the cage through the ramp because they had one of those ramps like aew has where it connects to the side of the ring and they gimmicked it so he could you know bust through into a crash pad and whatever so that's why he's in the halo and in the wheelchair but ddp wheels him out onto the stage for this match the prepubescent ginger referee gets randomly bumped within the first couple of seconds of this match. Did you notice that? I did. I didn't know he was a... Was, did you say a rookie ref? No, I just said he was a prepubescent ginger. Oh, he well, looked, well, hell yeah. <laughs> he looked like he was maybe 12 years old. He but, looks like... You know what I, you know what I wrote down? Is he, is he that meme that everyone sees the red kid? You know what no, I'm talking about? People I think so. the hell of that meme? It's like a kid just smiling. It looks like he's taking a school picture. Oh, he's got God, the yeah. Smile you've ever Bad seen. luck, Brian. Yeah, yeah I thought that, that was I thought about like, Good Lord. <laughs> uh, Mike Awesome eventually hits an awesome bomb through a table and makes the EMTs load DDP on the gurney. 
because he's a lazy ass, and apparently the EMTs have to do his work for him. And they, not him, they have to load him up and then try to wheel him off. But DDP gets off the gurney and he comes back. I don't understand anything that's going on right now. Awesome With this com- match of the pay-per-view, just I'm going to clarify. Yes. Okay. <laughs> awesome completely destroys DDP with, a, with chair shots and awesome splashes. Kimberly finally comes out and smacks DDP with a giant pipe, you know, because those are laying around everywhere. Where do you get pipes like that? Uh, giant pipes are us. Oh, okay. I mean, and I only know because I asked Scott Steiner, and then he <laughs> called me fat and told me he'd make me bleed. But anyway, so I guess Kimberly's the one laying the pipe now. Good lord. I, come, I had to get it in. Come on. And there's another yeah, one. there's Gig- another one. <laughs> And then here's a third one. Miss Hancock runs out, giggity, and grabs Kimberly by the hair, taking her to the back. Miss Hancock is Stacy Keebler, by the way. But, you know, Vince Russo, so he 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 penis. Uh, DDP, DDP blocks a top rope awesome bomb attempt, hits a top rope diamond cutter, rolls Mike Awesome onto the gurney, and as he's being wheeled out, Eric Bischoff comes out with a chair, going to hit Canyon, but DDP attacks Bischoff, Canyon now stands up and takes off his halo. It's a miracle. He's healed. And he hits a canyon cutter on DDP off the stage through some tables. Just happen to be sitting there. Then Canyon rips off his DDP shirt to reveal a new blood t-shirt. And he helps Awesome load DDP into the ambulance for the win. So if you're keeping score, this is three pay-per-views in a row where someone turned on DDP to cost him a match. Now, you asked me earlier, do, do I remember do, do I remember my live reactions? This is one I remember yeah. vividly because I swear to you, I was watching it, and I swear to you, I knew that he was going to get up and turn on page. Because well, I had yeah, gotten hip it, to what WCW was, was doing the whole time. Like, I mean, like, yeah. past couple of months. And how this pay-per-view ends, by the way. Uh, it became blatantly so obvious this- to me that he was going to turn on him, so... There was that. Yeah, so here's my question. Is it a swerve when everybody and their mother sees it coming? And yes. it happens all the time. Yeah, yes. I, I don't I don't think it's a swerve at that point. I think it's like obvious. Like obvious swerve is obvious, bro. And by the way, I think it was what was two pay per views before this? Was it Super Brawl? No. Two before this? Yeah, because uh, there was Spring Stampede. Sl- Spring Stampede. Okay. Spring Stampede, Kimberly turns on him. Slamboree, David Arquette turns on him. Uh, Great American Bash. Canyon turns on him. So either DDP is the biggest asshole in the world, or they couldn't figure out what they have to do with him. <sighs> so Uncle Dave gave this two and a quarter stars. I gave it an even two. What the what say you? I gave it two. <sighs> yeah, it just... I don't know what to really say about this, the hardest man. two I've ever had to give. I'm like, wow, this is... Giggity. Oh. <laughs> Dropping the deuce on him, huh? They dropped a deuce on all of us as fans, I'll tell you that. <laughs> bro, as a fan, bro, like as a as a television viewer, I'm entertained by this, bro. <laughs> He'll never live that down. Alright, this next thing, G.I. Bro, which is Booker T, but, you know, he lost the right to use the letter T, so now he's G.I. Bro. He can't just be called Booker because Russo has that name, right? So. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well... Well, Brian Pillman had passed away, but before he did, he, he informed him that he respected him. Booker, man. 
anyway, G.I. Bro makes his entrance for the next match, doing the WrestleMania 12 zipline entrance of Shawn Michaels. Sort of. I mean, this one Ish. goes directly into the ring. So, uh, it's actually pretty sweet, I've got to say. And then this gives Mark Madden the opportunity to drop his stripes reference in there, where he says, well, he's been training. What kind of training? Army training, sir. <sighs> yeah, so you got to get that one in there. By the oh, way, no I, offense, I know you love Mark Madden, but I hate his guts. Oh, eat me. He sucked. <laughs> I was I was about to say he sucked so much ass on the show, and I don't understand why Eric Bischoff like defends this fool. To this he sucks. Day. He sucks in every like in any way you could possibly think of a commentator to suck. He does. Michael Cole's better than him. I mean that. Oh man, uh, don't at me. I tag him in the podcast. Things. Okay, so just te- just go after him. You anyway, tell me you you genuinely don't think Michael Cole's better than this idiot. I, I, I'm 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 not saying I disagree. I'm just not touching that. One. I'm I'm gonna pull a you. I'm not touching that one. Uh, I you saw those looks I got at outside of, uh, of Survivor Series when I yelled Michael Cole, baby. Oh yeah, that one guy looked like he wanted to stab you in the heart. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was like, oh crap, I forgot I'm in Chicago. I should probably shut up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, up next, Sean Stasiak comes out in camo pants and with camo face paint. Sean Stasiak cut a promo before this. I didn't take any notes. I forgot, and which means he probably didn't say anything that anybody should ever give a damn about. So, not that Sean Stasiak ever said anything anybody he should ever give a damn about. about. He was talking about being the Stasiak show, dude. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> it's only, um, you know, just Stasiak show. There's equity in that, dude. He's doing his perfect Sean gimmick at this point, by the way. Where he's coming out to Mr. Perfect's music. It's not exactly a gimmick. That's really him, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, but this is G.I. Bro versus Sean Stasiak in supposedly a boot camp match that went just shy of 14 minutes. Yes, I just said Sean Stasiak in just shy of 14 minutes. Uh, yeah, we also said Booker T. Yeah, thank, thank God for him. Quick, I, I really mean point it. Out, can I point out real quick that this is, uh, this is in uh, June, correct? Yeah. He's... Less than a month away from being world champion, so it's just kind of crazy to think about. Yep. Yeah, that is true. And getting his name back. Yep. Uh, but we eventually figure out that this is a last man standing match that they, for some reason, named a boot camp match. Uh, boot camp matches were pinfall and submission, not last man standing. And they also had, you know, uh, like army-themed weapons or military-themed weapons around the ring. Uh, this, they just kind of used like chairs and stuff so but anyway we get yet another run-in as chuck palumbo runs in with the flexor bar but he gets beat up stasiak gets gi bro he hits him right in the nards with the flexor and then he beats on him but bro fights back one on two finally gi bro hits stasiak in the head with a flexor bar for the final 10 count uncle dave gave it a star and a half i gave it two and a half because it was actually not terrible. What say you? I gave it two. I liked it more than I should have. It was well, at least I, I average. And now Booker T is just like damn good too. So when Booker T can have a uh, at least an average match with Sean Stasiak, he deserves all the credit. Yeah, but I don't think Stasiak was ever a bad wrestler. I just know he was good. Yeah, I don't think he sucked. I'll say that. But 
I just think he was his own worst enemy. I just think he shouldn't have left WWE. He should have just stayed there as meat, because that's where the oh. money was. And <laughs> Yeah, right. Like, absolutely. He could have been on WrestleMania marquees, man. Meat. Lord. Anyway, we go into the locker room with Canyon now. Mean Gene approaches him and asks him why he turned on DDP. Canyon said that Eric Bischoff is the only person who came to see him when he was in the hospital, and Bischoff promised Canyon that he'd give him DDP's spot if he took him out, which Canyon says that he did. We now get footage of DDP kicking his way out of the ambulance and walking <laughs> walking away as we also see Goldberg's monster truck casually drive by all those cops out front. Nobody even bats an eye. I was I'm like, like, what? like, no one's going to stop that monster truck. Just come on in, you know? Yeah, it just drives by, and the cops are, like, texting. Like, uh, hey, what are you doing after the show? Like, <laughs> <laughs> for God's sake, like, that looks like something you should probably keep your eye on, but, I mean, maybe that's just me. But Kenya says that he's positive that he put DDP out because he's positively Canyon. What? And that would switch, I believe, to Chris Champagne Canyon. Yeah. I don't... I didn't get any of Canyon's gimmicks at all. I just think... I didn't. Yeah. Well, positively was a, a play on Page, obviously. Yeah. Um, that was the name of his book, Positively Page. So... That was sad. So, Canyon's whole career was he was a Mortal Kombat wannabe villain. Then he was, like, going after Raven, kind of, like, kind of grungy or whatever. And then he was a DDP wannabe? Yes. Poor guy, dude. Like, Canyon doesn't get enough credit for how good he was in the damn well, ring. Let's also remember, though, he would go on to be the Alliance MVP in WWE, so he did get a major push. So. I'm not, I, I don't think I'm being facetious when I say this, or sarcastic when I say this. I think that was probably the best gimmick he had. Because he did uh, headline quite a few, like, Raw and SmackDowns and stuff, so... You know. He was, like, as a kid, I didn't care about Canyon, but the older I get, man, he was so good. <sighs> I don't know. He, he just never... Just, he must have pissed somebody off, man. They were like, well, I don't know what to do with this guy. Like, for God's sake, figure it out. But before the next match, Shane Douglas comes out and insults the crowd and says, quote, two historic careers could come to an end tonight. He's talking about Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, who, stop me if you heard this one before, they're putting... <laughs> But they're both putting their careers on the line in yeah. in separate matches. This is like what, uh, like number five already for Flair, maybe four for Hogan, ah, something like that. We just covered a show. Flair on... did did get forced to retire, remember? And then when Hogan brought him back, yeah. And then they redid the retirement storyline at WWE, but at least they meant it. It wasn't to pop a rating. Uh, Shane then makes a lot of wall puns because he's facing the wall. So, you know, gotta get the jokes in. This is pre-Sergeant A wall. Yeah. But finally, Douglas says that he wants to change their tables match to a best of five tables match, which doesn't sound like goofy overkill BS whatsoever. <laughs> like... <laughs> If people don't know what a best of five tables match is, first of all, good well, for yeah, you. Yeah, they do. You know, you remember those classic best of five tables matches they had? 
back in like the 70s. Yeah. Glory days of wrestling. And I remember that classic best five tables match between Dory Funk Jr. and, uh, and, and Jack Briscoe, man. They just tore the house down. Anyway, <laughs> the point of this is obviously, if you haven't been able to figure it out on your own, is put your opponent through three tables. So, you know, three out of five. There you go. <sighs> but it's the franchise Shane Douglas versus the wall, brother. And it just went, it went just over eight minutes. That's funny. If you go back and watch them, man, they were doing big stuff at the wall before Russo came in. Yeah. And then, uh, Russo, Russo's like, bro, he's huge and he's named the wall. I don't know what to do with him, bro. Dude, he, like, if he was in the military, bro, he would go AWOL. Bro, his name is Wall, like A Wall. You gotta put him with a Misfits in action, bro. He'll fit right in. The group is That's so money, bro. group is so thrown together. Bro, him and Van Hammer are money, bro. I but, don't think uh, anyone's ever said that in the history of pro wrestling. <laughs> Van Hammer. <laughs> nope. But Shane gets choke slammed through the first table, and then he gets he he literally gets picked up and thrown into a second table. And then he's able to, you know, after going through two tables, he's able to get up and keep fighting, and he's perfectly fine, you know, because tables don't mean nothing. Well, school Shane, teachers are tough, man. Yeah. Uh, Shane gets the wall to follow him up to the stage area, where a bunch of tables are stacked up next to a giant ladder, because apparently the wall is an idiot, and I just, like, uh, whatever. This entire thing is so damn goofy. Douglas and the wall climb the giant ladder, Douglas puts a taped foreign object on his fist, and he punches the wall. wall. The wall falls off the ladder, and he actually falls through two tables, but they keep claiming, no, 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 that's three. Even though, you know, who are you going to believe, commentary or your lion eyes? Oh, Mark Man's on commentary, so... <laughs> <laughs> Clearly him. And then Douglas wins, I guess. Uh, the wall took a super ugly bump, by the way, because he hit, like, the back edge of the tables, and he came down on his shoulders and head. Yikes, man. This sucked all kinds of ass, by the way. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter. I gave it a one star. What say you? One star. I was kind of baffled at the end, too. Yeah. Like, first of all, the wall was, like, the guy. Man, like I said, they were pushed. Like, he was going huge. And then mm-hmm. he loses the chain like that? And... I'm serious. I feel like the Russo just saw him. Like, oh, no. Forget it. Everything we did this whole year building him up, even having him main event Nitro with Hogan, which is a pretty big thing. No, forget it. Just undo it all. Yeah. Yeah, no. No, no for the wall. I, I don't get this, man. And this whole thing, like, why did the wall, He the wall was like, oh, you're going to climb that ladder, huh? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll climb. That's cool. <laughs> what, like, what was going on here, man? He's an idiot. And then, and I'm talking about his character, not the man. I know the man's passed away. I'm not insulting him. But, and then that's... really, by the way. Oh, I know. But after the match, Douglas runs away when he sees the wall starting to move. Kudos to the wall for, you know, actually moving after taking that ugly-ass bump, by the way. The wall goozles Slick Johnson. Kudos to God for making him that tough, but yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, The wall goozles Slick Johnson. I just said that. Oh, you did. And he chokeslams him through a table. Uh, for, you know, reasons. Well, there's that third table, Greg. Oh, well, it did get used. <laughs> they weren't lying. Yeah, he put his Slick Johnson through a table. How about that? His Slick Johnson got wood. Holy crap. <laughs> you said that. I had to, okay? He was right there. 
P.S. You have to say anything. It was right there. All right. Anyway, outside, the cops move aside as a Dodge Charger peels into the arena. Uh, in front of that's some great security they got tonight, huh? <laughs> yeah. But it pulls into. It doesn't even pull into like a parking lot. It just peels in right in front of the building and just stops. And Hollywood Hogan snaps out in full ring gear, boas and all. Because he's always ready to go, dude. Yeah, damn effing straight. He's always ready to drop that leg on some fools. <laughs> Cup the ear, drop that leg. That's why you never fall asleep at Hulk Hogan's house. He might drop that leg on you in the middle of the night. Wow. <laughs> right, anyway, my, uh, Mark- one of my notes on here, by the way, is like, I might be able to buy the gear, whatever. Okay, you know, he's dressed up, ready to go. Why yeah. the bowlers? <laughs> why not why. the bowlers? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why that's the hanging point for me, but... Why the boas? <laughs> well, because yeah, why are you wearing those in your damn car? Well, because he's sitting there looking at himself in the mirror, and he's like, mm, I don't know, something's missing. Then he puts on the boas, and he's like, hell yeah, brother. No boas <laughs> don't work for me, brother. <laughs> no boas, no Hogan. But Mark Madden drops this line. He says, Hogan is, quote, sweating like a nitro girl waiting on a pregnancy test. Mm. That was said. Speaking of is things, it wrong? That... I chuckle a little bit. <laughs> yeah. This next match, if you want to call it that, was Scott Steiner taking on Tank Abbott and Rick Steiner in a handicap asylum match. This went just shy of that four asylum. minutes. Yeah. For people that don't know, the asylum was a round, like, mesh cage thing that they dropped from the ceiling that fits into the ring. So. I want to say. It's kind of like the old um, uh, that 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 cage they used back in the day on Halloween Havoc mm. with Undercage a little bit. Really uh, I mean, it was a, it was just a round cage. I'm just thinking it was like inspired by like a Fight Club kind of, you know. It's the only thing I can think of. But it was just shy of four minutes, and Scott jump starts the match before the asylum even comes down. He's beating the crap out of Tank as as the ring announcer makes the announcement uh, that, quote, since the asylum is Scott Steiner's signature match, Eric Bischoff has added Rick Steiner to make it a two-on-one handicap match to make it an even playing field. What the fuck? Because it makes it even. Sure. You just want to throw the guy's brother in there. And... Yeah, this, um, just, yeah. Uh, there were a lot of nut shots in this one, by the way. Again, before Scott locks in the Steiner recliner on Tank Abbott, submitting I'll make him. Make his balls bleed. <laughs> uh, by the way, you can only win this match via submission. So he made Tank tap to the Steiner recliner. Whole thing sucked. Uncle Dave gave it a dud. I gave it a star. I'll say you. <sighs> one. But I, was man. T- I was tempted to give it zero. I. I don't even remember this match happening, honestly. I must have, like, blocked it out of my mind. Well, yeah, because you uh, turn away, you miss it. Like, it was less than four minutes. This thing sucked ass, man. Can we credit yeah. somebody for knowing it would suck ass and cut it short? No, because they booked the damn thing, so F them. <laughs> no reprieve here on our show, folks. Absolutely not. They can suck an ass. What up, Vix? <laughs> Up next, a limo pulls up outside the arena where Ric Flair steps out wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Good to know that before a re- possible retirement match, he's showing up, you know, like half an hour before he goes on live. Good lord. Did you notice this was a thing with him at the era, in that era? 
Yeah, I guess he always so. wore Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, I know. Like he was already in retirement mode. He's like, I'm already in get, don't give a damn mode about this, which I don't blame him. Uh, but following him out of the limo are his now ex-wife, uh, Beth, I think her name was. Uh, ex-wife number three, right? I think two, but you might be right. I don't know. I think he's on wife number three now, but I could be wrong. Uh, either way, this was not David's mother. This was every other kid's mother, I believe. But uh, behind... Break it down like that. It is bad, but whatever. I actually come to think, I don't know if he, if she's... Megan's mom. I I think I think David and Megan are full siblings. I could be wrong though. Uh, Megan's the one that's married to Conrad Thompson, by the way, if nobody knows. Roll Tide. <laughs> and it's funny that some of you out there, if you have an old like uh, like a Ric Flair contract from uh, like the 80s or 90s or whatever, it, Ric Flair's signature on that contract may have actually been Beth Flair. <laughs> that signed his name for him. So uh, that was actually put out there by Conrad. It's like, not authentic. But anyway. Uh, But following Beth are Megan and Ashley, who is Charlotte, and Reed. Uh, Megan is clearly trying to hide her face, by the way. She rushes out of the car. (laughs) Like, just rushes out of camera sight. Would you want to be involved in this? No, but Ashley sure seemed like uh, she was into it. So did Reed. We'll see that later on. Anyway, Mean Gene Orkeland standing by with Hollywood Hulk Hogan backstage. Hogan says that he and Gene can stick around forever because they're etched in stone, brother. And then he says tonight is going to get really ugly with Billy Kidman. When Gene mentions that... He's not wrong. Yeah, that's true. When Gene mentions that Horace Hogan will be the special guest ref, Hogan gives a teaser by saying, quote, Blood is thicker than new blood, dude. Okay. Uh, finally, Gene asks Hogan why he's back in the black and white gear, and Hogan says that you've got to change with the times, which doesn't answer the question at all. <laughs> but hey, he'd be in the black and white uh, next month at Bash on the Beach, and then he'd be gone. Gone forever, forever bro. bro. <laughs> and then he'd pop up in the black and white in the WWF a couple of years later, but regardless. Next up is Billy Kidman versus Hollywood Hogan. Those words have left my mouth. If Hogan loses, he has retire. Special guest ref, Horace Hogan. This one went just over 11 and a half minutes. Kidman gets ring pyro? That's something. They were heavily pushing Kidman at the time, by the way, if anybody doesn't know. I mean, clearly, he's in the ring with Hulk Hogan, so... During the actual match here, Hogan uses his weight belt. I know, shocker. And both men use a chair. Most of this match takes place outside of the ring... When Kidman gets some heat on Hogan, the crowd actually loudly chants for Hogan. Uh, Tori Wilson randomly comes into the ring halfway through this match for no oh, reason whatsoever. <laughs> right? Uh, but she gets in the ring halfway through the match to get on the apron, and she hands Hogan brass knuckles. And then uh, Kidman hits Hogan into her, knocking her off the apron. And then he takes the knucks before punching Hogan for a near fall. Uh, Kidman gets angry and punches Horace with the knucks before Tori low blows Kidman and leaves. Hulk Hogan then punches Kidman with the brass knuckles, you know, because he needed them. As as Horace finally wakes up to count the three for the pin. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter. I gave it two and a half. I was entertained. What say you? I gave it two, and I remember watching this and being completely wrong that Horace was going to turn. 
Well, I guess he technically did, because he was with the New Blood, sort of, wasn't he? And then he turned to Hogan's side? Uh, he did, but only because Hogan, like, convinced him because he was his family. Yeah, so, I mean, he did turn, so, yeah, I don't know. Dude, Horace was always doing the same song and dance with Hogan. It's like, I'm against Hollywood. No, I'm with Hollywood. Like, okay, whatever. It's another one, they didn't know what the hell they wanted to do with him. Yeah, bro, his last name's Hogan, bro. But after the match, Hollywood Hogan helps Horace up, and they shake hands. Backstage, Bischoff is yelling at someone over a landline in his office. People don't know what a landline is, look it up. I love that you had to say landline. I I do, because people nowadays are like, what the hell is that? It's plugged into your wall, okay? There's a cord on it. Like, you can't just walk around your house talking on it. Anyway... Uh, before a cop comes in to check on him, Bischoff asks him, What's up with that Goldberg monster truck? Who do you think is driving that thing? The Tooth Fairy? Yes. <laughs> These, like, Sorry, they hire... Dwayne the Rock Johnson, by the way. Oh, good lord. Or Larry the Cable Guy. That's, uh, that was actually better. Just yeah, kidding, I've never seen it, so... <laughs> I, I haven't seen that one either. I, the, the first one appalled me so bad, I didn't want to watch the second one with Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, so anyway, this, um, apparently they hired the Keystone Cops here. <laughs> this, just freaking morons, man. I don't know. Barney Fife <laughs> Company. Yeah. Uh, but they get a quick advertisement in for Bash the Beach 2000 before going back to commentary. Oddly enough, Shivani's chair is actually lower than Mark Madden and Scott Hudson's chairs. And you know why that's notable? I do, you know. Yeah, that's... For those that don't know, that's like a running gag. His chair always had to be higher than everybody else. He wanted to look taller. <sighs> but you gotta love Tony referring to what just happened as a swerve by the Hogan family, by the way. <laughs> My Russo God. Struck again, folks. Yeah, that damn Vince Russo has struck again. <sighs> For God's sake. Here's the promo I was referring to earlier. Max Age, Pamela Paulshock is Real sort man. of. <laughs> she's. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But she's sort of interviewing David Flair and Vince Russo. Uh, Not really, because she says, uh, well, good luck in that match against your dad later tonight. You're going to need it. And I'm like, what the frick kind of interview is this? (laughs) But but David goes off on her, and then Russo drops the amazing line of, excuse me, Rapunzel, do you think this is a fairy tale? Do you see any little pigs running around back here? This is a serious matter. <laughs> what the hell? What? Oh, I, just... I mean, it's Rapunzel makes sense. <sighs> Does it? I mean, she had the hair or the look. The look, bro. <laughs> I just like what? Like you're gonna win with Cinderella? It's just anything, like anything. It's just uh, what? What does fairy tales have to do with anything? Like, I feel like he wrote that down on a on a yellow legal pad. He was like, yeah, that's good, bro. I'm going to talk about fairy tales. Or maybe he wrote it down years ago to use it someone else and decided, he, I better use it now before I don't have a chance. Uh, I will say I was incredibly shocked that Russo didn't say bro once. But he did end his promo by telling Pom- Pamela to, quote, go find the big bad wolf and walk away. I'm like, my God, he's still going with it. <laughs> like, none of this made a lick of sense much like most of the things he's ever written. This whole that show are... didn't make a lot of sense. Going from the outhouse to the penthouse here, Mean Gene Oakland is now backstage. I'm finding little wins on this show, by the way. 
Mishi Norkelin is now backstage interviewing Ric Flair. This has to be the best part of the show so far, in my opinion. Rick's got his long hair. He's in his blue robe. He's shouting, mean, by God, Gene. And he's in, like, peak nature boy mode for this one. After this, we we see Doug Dillinger leading the, the Flair family to their front row seats at ringside. So, yeah, there you go. But all right, we get into this one. It's David Flair with Vince Russo in his corner, because why not? Versus the nature boy, Ric Flair. And if Ric Flair loses, he retires. This went for just over 10 minutes. I'm going to point this out now while I'm thinking about it. This was pointed out by, I don't even remember who now. They said, think about this. This I think it was Uncle Dave that pointed this out. He was like, you have two of the biggest stars in the history of the business, Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan, in retirement matches on the show. And they drew 85,000 buys? Yep. That just shows you that nobody bought it. And nobody gave a crap. Nobody. 88,000 people did. Yeah. But when Ric Flair makes his entrance, this is the first time Ashley slash Charlotte smiled all night and doesn't look completely petrified to be in front of a camera. Uh, But at, at one point, because this is WCW 2000... Ric Flair gets dumped outside, and David distracts the referee while Russo literally beats Rick up with a baseball bat and then handcuffs him and rolls him back into the ring. Good lord. Bro, his family's going to see and they're going to cry, bro. Wow. Uh, And then Rick's going to cry, bro. I mean, that's a given, but that's uh, Wednesday night bingo right there. (laughs) But David locks in the figure four. When Russo's choking Rick, by the way, Reed jumps the barrier and shoves him, and Russo pie-faces Reed. Reed comes up and low-blows Russo now, and then David comes out and roughs him up. Now Ashley comes out and handcuffs Russo's hands behind his back. Rick ends up making David tap out to the figure four. This match sucked because David sucks. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it two and a half stars. I gave it two. I'll say you. I gave it one. I hate the whole thing. Um, I did laugh with the cop with the handcuffs. I mean, is this another metaphor for Russo? Like, maybe he should be arrested for putting all this crap? Good lord. Anyway, after this match, the Flair family get into the ring as Flair rips open Vince Russo's shirt. We all need to see that. And he chops the crap out of him. Russo ends up grabbing the mic when the Flairs all leave, and he calls Rick a piece of shit. You know, like you do. Well, because you can get everything on him review, so he's going to exploit it. Yeah. And then he calls his son and his daughter bitches. And and he says that Flair chopped him for the last time. Rick and Reed Flair now do crotch chops on the stage to Vince Russo. Oh, God, these are words that I'm saying right now. <laughs> and Vince Russo says that tomorrow night on Nitro, he will retire Rick's crippled ass. My gosh. You don't even want to know what's coming, do you? Yeah, I was going to say, let's move on, but it, it's not going to get any better. So, let's keep it moving here. Uh, up next is Vampiro versus Sting in a Human Torch match. That went just shy of seven and a half minutes. A Human Torch match because, you know, what did I just say about he has to repeat everything he did in WWE? Bro, this time they're climbing up to grab the torch, though. The ring's not on fire, bro. They teased that the ring would be on fire. Like, that was the whole tease of this whole thing. Nope. Another, me- another metaphor for this stupid pay-per-view. Fire. Yeah. What do you mean we can't set the ring on fire, bro? Come on. <sighs> yeah, so... 
there is a lit tiki torch hanging over the stage for some reason. <laughs> and Vampiro is carrying a can of gas to the ring. Good God. We get footage from outside of the arena where firefighters are suiting up. Those firefighters, oddly enough, look like the same cops we saw sitting out there earlier not giving a shit about that monster truck. Earning their money tonight, huh? <laughs> right. Uh, they they jump from the thin blue line to the thin red line. So, there you go. Uh, Sting pops up on top of the screen. He grabs the tiki, tiki torch. Sting tells Vampiro that he'll only fight him on top of the screen. But Vampiro says no. So Sting gives up and just comes to the ring. What the hell? I'll only fight you up here. That's it. No way. Okay, I'll come down there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, well, if you insist. <laughs> <laughs> like, you didn't even put up a fight. You're just like, oh, no? All right. All right. Well, that's fine. It was a you stupid said idea. No, anyway. and I want to be respectful, so. <laughs> this was a stupid idea anyway. Whatever. I'll come you down there. You don't want to disrespect the great Vampiro. <laughs> right. Uh, Vampiro ends up pouring the gas all over Sting, soaking him in it. Madden tries to cover up for the crowd, not giving a damn about this by seeing that the crowd is, quote, deathly silent because they're worried about someone being set on fire. Sure. God, yeah, another not... metaphor for this show. I mean, it's loaded with them. <laughs> not that, you know, they're not being, you know, so silent that you could hear a mouse pissing on cotton from the cheap seats because, you know, nobody gave a damn about this. No, 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 no. They're worried for the safety of the competitors. But both men eventually start to climb the side of the screen and Sting is knocked off through a platform. But nothing hurts anyone in WCW, so Sting gets right up and continues to follow Vampiro on top of the screen. Ah, good lord. And this was when a light show starts going off and thunder sound effects start to play. You know, like you do. Uh, Tony Schiavone keeps claiming that Sting is covered in, quote, that liquid, by the way. Not gasoline, it's that liquid. <laughs> You're probably like, told not to use the word gas or something. <laughs> yeah, we can't call the grenade real, it's a toy. It's not gas, it's that liquid. Like, what the f- All right. Finally, Vampiro sets, quote, Sting on fire, even though the person dressed like Sting clearly has a Sting mask on, and he's a lot shorter than the real Sting. But anyway, he gets set on fire, and he front flips off of the screen through a platform on the stage, and three different people cover him with towels and hose him off with fire extinguishers. Uncle Dave gave this negative two stars. I gave it one. Let's say you. I gave it one. I almost gave it none because I didn't feel like it was ever a match. Bro, you set Sting on fire. He's gone forever, bro. <laughs> he would be gone for quite a few months after this, actually. He took time off after this? Yeah, he was, I mean, he was gone for, God, it felt like a couple of months. When huh. he comes back, he comes back and saves Hogan from something, and then he does acknowledge him, but he goes, hey, Vampiro, we'll, wait, we'll play the mind games later, and jumps right into this. So I think they forget all about it, honestly. Well, yeah, because, I mean, if you got set on fire and thrown off a t off of a giant screen through a stage, you'd probably just, you know, blow it off, right? You know, water under the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, my bad, dude. All right, cool, we're good. <laughs> yes, yeah, bro hug, bro hug, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> what the hell? <sighs> well, WCW proved that Canyon's miraculous recovery, or with his miraculous recovery, that, uh, their stages are nothing more than cushy crash pads, so I'm sure that Sting will be fine uh, after falling about 30 feet through a damn stage while on fire. Like, he'll recover just fine. Good it's Lord. now a good time to insert, insert the AEW joke. 
My thing was that lo- the thing with Jericho through the crash pad looked like crap, but they tried to sell it like it was real. Like yeah, but they failed miserably. Yeah, but but in WCW, Sting like every Sting fell through two stages off of the screen because the first one when he was climbing up, and the second one when he just like front flipped off of it, and he's just like ah whatever, walk it off. Like what? Yeah, like and, a man. Yeah, like an effing goddamn man. <laughs> but once again, we go back to Eric Bischoff's office, where he's on a landline phone again. Pamela Paulshock comes in and asks Eric uh, what tonight's big surprise is. Bischoff says that he's calling it off, and tonight's surprise is that there are no surprises. Sure. Uh, yeah, if only we knew that was true. Yeah. Um. That you know, that's just. Why do they keep needing to tease a surprise? Like, every match had a quote-unquote surprise. Yeah, but every match was a surprise. Surprise, run in, bro. It would have been a real surprise if they had a good match. (laughs) I know, that would have been the biggest surprise of them all. Oh, good lord. All right, we're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, we're going to get into the main event, unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever. It's a mercy killing. (laughs) We'll (laughs) We'll be back right after this break. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we're back. Oh, man. Well, with Kevin Nash and Jeff Jarrett, yes, that is the main event, so hold on to your ass. Uh, (laughs) Kevin Nash and Jeff Jarrett are both in the ring. Before the bell rings, Ernest the Cat Miller comes out with a microphone and pulls a piece of paper out of his coat pocket. He says that he has a very special celebrity guest for tonight, and then he proceeds to introduce Conan as the special guest bell ringer. Rey Mysterio is the bell uh, timekeeper, and then Disco Inferno is the belt keeper, because, you know, that's a thing. And then Juventud Guerrera is the ring announcer, even though we've... And they even pointed it out that, well, we've already had ring announcers. 
<laughs> so his uh job, yeah, so his job is uh already done. So why is he here? And the special guest ring enforcer slash referee is Ernest the Cat Miller. Yay! He's uh, the greatest. Wasn't he the commissioner at this point? He was a commissioner like 27 times, dude, so maybe... <laughs> I was joking, dude. Every week he lost it, got it back, lost it, got it back. Nash had it for a minute. Uh, above average Mike Sanders had it for a minute. I didn't have to say his whole name, but I just think that's funny. Oh, hell Everyone yeah. You have to say the whole name, dude. Well, and then uh, Roddy Piper was an authority figure. Ric Flair was an authority figure. J.J. Dillon was an authority figure. He's going through the whole list. Way back when, Nick Bockwinkle. I'm pretty sure somewhere in there, Vince McMahon himself was an authority figure or something. Yeah, right. I hold the fate of WCW in my hands. Pal. Anyway. Uh, this is Jeff Jarrett defending the WCW World Heavyweight title against Kevin Nash. It went about 17 and a half minutes, so strap your ass in for that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, with all the filthy animals and the cat at ringside to start the match, the shenanigans are from the word go. Something clearly happened on the stage at some point because the crowd stood up to look, and everyone involved in the match also stopped to look at See, it for a while. Well, I saw that on other fans fighting That's on the stage. I That's what know. I thought, but it was, like, on the stage. Even commentary mentioned it, and they wouldn't show it on, on camera, so I'm, something something went down. <sighs> but anyway, uh, Nash and Jarrett end up brawling through the crowd. When I say brawling, but really it was just, like, Kevin Nash repeatedly hitting right hands on him while they stumbled through the crowd. And flipping the hair. Oh, yeah. Flipper punch, flip the hair, teabag Jim Cornette. Rich repeat. <laughs> the filthy animals get involved with a beating on Nash. This is not no DQ, by the way, but the ref lets literally everything go. Until uh, Jeff Jarrett goes for a chair shot, and the referee says, Whoa, whoa, none of that. And he takes a chair. That's a little too much, pal. Yeah, well, I, I, look, I gotta have some standards, alright? And, and you're crossing the line. But the ref finally gets bumped, because, you know, we need that. And the filthy animals attack again. <sighs> Nash fights them off and kicks out of a stroke. The, the uh, move was not an actual stroke. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. That's what I had watching the show. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I was. Uh, Nash eventually gets tired of the cat and jackknifes him. Rick Steiner and Tank Abbott rush the ring because we need more of that. Scott Steiner... <laughs> God dang it, Scott Steiner now runs in and fights fights off Tank. Finally, Goldberg's monster truck drives into the building. The crowd explodes, and Goldberg's theme hits. Who's cueing that music? Everyone but Kevin Nash and Jeff Jarrett clear the ring, and Goldberg comes in to spear Kevin Nash. Swerve, bro. Jarrett covers Nash with a three count. So much bullcrap. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter. I gave it two. Say you. I gave it two. I remember vividly watching this, thinking, "Oh my god, that's <laughs> it. They are dead." I I meant that too. Like you just you just why with Goldberg? Why? What the fuck was the point? No, was Greg. Not do anything. No, Greg. It's why not? Uh, because you want to keep running and staying alive as a company. Yeah, but it, come on, bro. Swerve. 
<laughs> Gotta swerve, bro. Come on. Uh, after the match, Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo come to the ring as Jarrett celebrates. The crowd chants, Goldberg sucks, as Goldberg hugs Russo and Bischoff. Tony and Bunny. they throw everything but the kitchen sink at him. <laughs> yep. Uh, Tony Schiavone asks, quote, what does this mean for the future of WCW? Uh, Tony, it means, uh, it means Russo's still running the show, dude, so what do you think? Yeah, it means that the business is going in the toilet. So, there you go. Uh, the crowd is it beyond... It means start getting the resume out. Yeah, you might want to, you might want to warm up that old resume, buddy. The crowd is beyond pissed, littering the ring with trash, and um, yeah, I mean, I didn't care enough to throw anything at the end of this. I was just like, this was, uh, I mean, this sucked. Whole thing sucked. Do you remember uh, like Hogan's what he said to Russo at the Bash of the Beats the next month? He said, uh, "It's bullshit like this. Why this company's in the shape it's in?" Yep. I mean, I don't care what anyone says. That was a straight-up shoot, because he was not wrong. This is an effing shoot, bro. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take our last break. When we come back, it's final ratings time, and we're going to tell you what's coming up on the podcast right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Fubo TV offers you live sports and TV without the overpriced cable. Fubo TV offers 100 channels, live and on demand, plus over 130 streaming in 4K, and a cloud DVR is included. The Fubo TV app is available on all smart devices, so you can watch what you want, when you want. There are no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. Cut the cord and sign up for your free trial at Fubo.tv today. Fubo TV is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. Final segment of the show, final ratings time. Internet Movie Database gave this 6 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 1.90 out of 10. Uh, I gave it 5.5 out of 10 for a solid F. What say you? Right there, man. Solid F. Yeah, I mean, this is not the worst thing I've ever seen. It's pretty close. It's 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 really fighting for that top spot, man. <laughs> it rivals. It's it's awful. Keep in mind, New Blood Rising still to come. Oh <laughs> Lord. <laughs> and I like I'm gonna let everybody know uh, right off the bat. 
I did not fully intend to book two god awful back uh, bash of the beat or excuse me, uh, Great American Bash shows. Like, uh, if anybody goes back and listens to our '91 episode, man, that was not good. It, it, it was bad. I don't know how else I'll say it, to say it. It was, it was very, it was a very bad show. Hey, we did Bash '96 last year. That was a good one. So go back and listen to that one. Yeah, Great American Bash '96 last year. Uh, I promise to everybody listening, next year I will book better uh, Great American Bashes. I promise. Cross my heart. Take that to the bank. <laughs> Try to wash the taste of crap out of your mouth next week. You know, because we had a good show earlier this week with uh, King of the Ring '96. So this was like the reverse of a. This is like if you ate a great filet mignon and then you washed it down with liquefied turd. <laughs> Seven up. <laughs> what? What the hell does seven up have to do with this? Seven up sucks. All right. Anyway, to close out the month of June, we are ta- we are going to cover TNA Slammiversary 2013. That's actually Slammiversary 11. Not to spoil anything about what we thought, like you know, ratings of the show or whatever. But this was not. This was not an amazing show, but it was n- in no way, shape, or form a bad show. We're going like, to get a better Slammiversary uh, next month, man. And dude, Sammy Callahan versus Kenny Omega. Take my money. Uh, I actually do want to see that. I know you're being sarcastic, but I actually want to see that. Hey, Sammy's an Ohio boy, so I got to I gotta okay, see what he does. Okay, that doesn't make him good. He still sucks. I've always thought he was good. I mean, I don't like his hardcore oh, crap was that he does. Ball? The stuff he used to do, especially, was really good. In recent years, I think he's went a little downhill, but... Just to uh, say this, I sure as hell hope Kenny has his working boots on. Wow. Well, I'm hoping to see that one. Uh, but, yeah, so Slammiversary 2013 next week, man. Uh, do you... I mean, do you remember watching this one live? I do, yeah. Yeah, I... I kind of remember it. Uh, I had to go back and refresh myself. I was like, oh, yeah. So... A lot. It was very Aces and Eights heavy. Bully Ray's the world champion. Uh, Aces and Eights is all over this thing. I guess thanks for joining me today. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, sorry for making you watch this, and I'm sorry for everybody who had to listen to us <laughs> crap on this uh, this abomination. Good lord. Uh, but I promise next week will be better on Wednesday, so uh, keep up with that. Again, we're sponsored by Fubo TV and Fanatics. Links are down in the podcast description. And uh, like and subscribe. Catch us live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on unhingedsn.airtime.pro. And we'll catch you on Wednesday with Slammiversary 11. Enjoy! Thanks! The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's.
Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.